Introducing Brian Breaker, the biggest icon in wrestling. Daniel Ross. This is the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. What is going on? What are you doing? We will not go quietly into the night. Hang on! Houston, you have a problem. Boom shakalaka! I'm sweating like a pig here. It's a long time. Mr. Phoenix! Eat the pizza. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for your weekly dose of nostalgia. It is the Saturday morning rumble wheel. I'm one of your hosts. I am Brian Breaker, and joining me as always, my pal Daniel Cross. Daniel, are you ready for some Saturday morning nostalgia? We are 47 episodes in, so yeah, I am ready. And uh, pants are encouraged, but optional. This is actually episode 48. 48. All right, I'm missing one on my uh, sheet here. Yeah. Oh, I am. Yep, I know which one I'm missing. So, yeah, 48. 48 episodes. What's funny is when I recorded, when I first started doing Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, which was like the first advent into podcasting I ever did, when we hit like 25 episodes, we were like, dude, that's so many. And then, you know, 50 was a major milestone and and so on. But it's one of those things, you know, when when you start hitting like big numbers like that. Like imagine when we hit a hundred episodes, that's quite a bit, you know, and that's a lot of content. Most sitcoms don't go that many. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And actually if I have it, if I have my math right here, I think episode 50 is going to drop on February 17th. And we started last year, February 18th. So it'll be, that'll kind of be our one year anniversary. So that'd be cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. It's getting, it's getting close, man. And I feel like there's so many things that we haven't even dove into, you know, like we've kind of touched on a lot, but like, I don't think we've done an episode on power Rangers yet, which is kind of crazy. Um, I will write that down right now. Yeah. I mean, that's what I I got. We were talking before we started recording about, you know, stuff to add to the wheel. And I was like, usually I'll just see something and I'm like, Oh, that's a good idea. But it's not really something you always think about until, until it's time. But uh, we, we've had some great episodes. I kind of do a little quick rundown of some of them in the beginning here. Last week, we covered uh, two topics, school lunch and DVDs. Very different, but both very fun to talk about. We've talked about collector cups, uh, TGIF. Everybody remembers the TGIF lineup. WWE Films, that's horrible, but it was fun to talk about. Happy, <laughs> happy Meals. Uh, road trip stories from our days in the world of professional wrestling, our favorite pizza, which is actually a really fun episode. And that felt like it would be a short one, but we went the whole episode on that. Uh, we've covered wrestling promos. We've done stuff on, uh, the, we've did an episode on the 1991 Royal Rumble, maximum sweat action figures, boy meets world, American gladiators, and so much more. We have a huge archive now, so check it out. And uh, also, too, this goes out to to anyone listening. Shoot us a message. You know, um, I'm at Brian Breaker ODR on Twitter or at Brian Breaker on Instagram. You can find Daniel at Atomic Fandom on Facebook and on Twitter. We're X now. Shoot us ideas. If you have ideas for topics, we love that. Uh, Steve Hoker sent us some ideas that we've covered. Uh, most of them, I believe. I think there's a few left still. And then um, also Richard Yule just sent us some ideas, including today's topic, which is one we're not probably the most familiar with, but definitely something we both remember, Wizard Toy Fair Magazine. That will be our uh, subject, at least for the start of this episode. 
Yeah, like I said, uh, last week I actually went back and looked, and I have the April of 1999 issue of Wizard Magazine. It's got uh, Spider-Man and Superman arm wrestling on the cover. That's kind of a good uh, idea. Yeah, don't remember a lot about it, you know, I, but I do think, you know, back then it definitely falls into something that uh, you and I would be into. I mean, it's toys, it's comic books, it's mm-hmm. video games, uh, you know, all those things that I know, you know, definitely today we're we're into for sure. So I'm looking it up right now. Wizard Magazine, like you said, toys, comics, video games, kind of our... Our our forte on what we enjoy. Uh, the first issue was uh, in July of 1991, so me and you were probably about what five, almost six, maybe. Yeah. And the final issue, which featured Ryan Reynolds promoting the Green Lantern, <laughs> it was March of 2011. So I I feel like 2010 was like the beginning of the end for everything that we loved. Right. That's yeah. When, that's, that's when magazines sure. started going away. That's when video stores started going. Now, they didn't all go away right away. It took a little bit, but that was kind of the beginning of it, right? And at the time, like, and we talked about this too, Redbox seemed like, oh, man, this is such a good idea. Knowing what we know now, I'm like, that's terrible, you know? Yeah. Just shut that stuff down. Like, I would have been all about getting rid of, excuse me, but, you know, at the time, we didn't know, and... Obviously, with streaming and everything else, there's no way to stop that, but it really did uh, put a damper on a lot of things we loved. Yeah, so Wizard went from 1991 to 2011, like you said, and then it switched to an online publication. Okay. Yeah, and then I, I Toy a Fair, lot of magazines did that. Yeah, Toy Fair started in 97 and then also stopped in 2011. Uh, they were sister, apparently like sister companies or whatever, sister magazines. Mm-hmm. But you're definitely right, you know, mid-2000s or whatever, 2010, you know, that's when stuff started to shut down that we uh, that we know and love and hold dear. Although, again, you know, some of that stuff, I don't know, like the video stores, if it made a comeback, not a, not a solid business model as we know, but, you know, I like to think I would support it a little bit anyway. Well, I think we, we say that, but it's hard to support something that doesn't make a lot of logistical sense, right? Like it doesn't make sense to go rent a movie when there's no, like I don't even have a DVD player hooked up, you know? So I certainly don't have a VCR like nostalgic wise. I think it's fun. And I think, you know, here recently people have seen, um, things like, uh, you know, record players becoming a a popular thing. Very true. And if you see, if you go to your local Walmart, not a lot of CDs, if there are any CDs. I, I don't even know if there are any at all, but there's now there's vinyl records. And that wasn't on my bingo card, but I think it's nostalgic for people, and it's kind of like, oh, this is fun. And is it cheaper to buy, you know, music on your phone? 100%, but maybe there's something fun about, like I said, collectors want to collect. And if you collect records, then why not? Well, and I also think Wizard and Toy Fair Magazine – you know, because there was a lot of tech, you know, uh, involved in that too, as far as like new things coming down the line and new video game systems, those type of things. So since you're kind of catering towards, I would say, tech savvy people, it's not uh, surprising that they went out of, well, I don't want to say went out of business, but they quit doing the paper publications mm-hmm. sooner because, you know, by 2010, 11, you know, most people, they would be looking at all this stuff on their phones, right. you know, 
the uh, I feel like the Better Homes and Garden magazines, which that's my second plug for them, by the way, over the last couple of weeks. You know, I've never uh, opened one of those ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> those are more catered towards the older generation, I think. Right. So uh, it's not surprising that you know that magazine is still you know in play. You know, best of my knowledge, anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, these kind of younger generation magazines, you know, those are kind of the first ones to to close shop and either, you know, stop altogether or go to an online publication that you can get over your phone or whatever it may be. Well, and, and I think like, so when you brought up Toy Fair, because I, I remember these kind of being the same, but different, which is kind of that tracks, obviously. And if you go to their Wikipedia page, it shows the February 2004 issue, which features uh, a Teen Titans Robin figure on the cover, mm-hmm. along with Cyborg and Beast Boy. And it says Marvel Legends Six first look at the new X Men inside, which you know that tracks because around the early two thousands, Marvel Legends became a pretty popular toy line, and I remember that was actually the first toy line that got me out of wrestling figures, where I was like, I don't really buy anything, but these are really fun, and it wasn't buying them to play with them. It was like, wow, these all have a display stand. They all come with a comic book. These are fun to collect as a collectible, you know, toy line. And and so that's cool, but like as but I, like I said, it says first look at the new X Men inside. You can't pull that off now because everything's on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. So you don't need to rush to a newsstand to go get a magazine because those pictures are going to probably leaked four weeks ago. So this isn't really news anymore. Um, but I mean, if you look at the magazine here, it says now the eighties changed how the eighties changed toys forever. That's super intriguing to me because it'd be like maybe yeah. they're talking about GI Joe, Ninja Turtles. Transformers, Masters of the Universe, even wrestling, all toy lines that I I love. That makes me want to <laughs> read that magazine, right? So it's it's one of those things. It's kind of like Nintendo Power, old WWF magazine. It makes no sense for it to come back now, but there's something super nostalgic about uh, these old magazines for sure. Yeah, and I'm actually looking at one now. I can't tell the date. It's too small a print. But inside it says, it comes in, you know how those magazines, they would come with like an extra little magazine. So both magazines would be sealed up in like a nice little plastic uh, wrapper mm-hmm. type thing to hold them together. So this Toy Fair magazine looks like it's got uh, Luke Skywalker on the cover. But inside it says a free 16-page toy preview booklet for That's WWF. Cool. That's awesome. Yep. And it was the F, mind you, not the E. Are you, are you, where are you looking that up at? Uh, I don't know. I just Google Toy Fair. I kind of wonder uh, how much these uh, how much these go for now. Yeah, so I looked up the one that I had or have. I think I might still have it somewhere. Three or four bucks. Uh, there's a couple that are collectible, mm-hmm. and you you know those are anywhere from a hundred dollars to five hundred. But there's only a handful that are actually really collectible. But I mean, this makes sense. Like 1997, you and I would have been fifth, sixth grade, right? And uh, we were kind of growing out of toys at this point, mm-hmm. but I also feel like we probably didn't know that this was around. I mean, maybe we saw it on a newsstand. Yeah. But I would have been, you know, had I known about this, I would have been all about it because I know I've mentioned before the way, you know, I, the way I found out about new action figures, it was just one of two ways. Either it was, you know, going to the uh, to Walmart and seeing what was on the back of the card. Or we would get in, you know, the Christmas catalogs and things like that from J.C. Penney or Sears or whatever it may be. So, mm-hmm. you know, to have a a Wizard magazine or a Toy Fair magazine that previewed like new toys monthly, 
I mean, I would have been all about that had I known about it, had I had a subscription. Uh, you know, would have been pretty awesome. But kind of to your point, you know, a couple minutes ago, you know, nowadays and by 2010, you know, there really is no such thing as a news magazine because anything that's news is uh, coming out, you know, in real time. So, I mean, to have a, you know, toy fair, I imagine a lot of it was, a lot of their bread and butter was previewing upcoming things. Well, you know, that's not really the business model anymore for, for getting new things out. So, right. anyway, I mean, if they could get the scoop on a few things and get it out before anybody knew about it. But then again, you know, one person gets their Toy Fair magazine, they're going to screenshot it and then, you know, upload it to Instagram, you know, immediately. So, yeah, it's really hard to uh, get news out there in magazine form, you know, anymore. Well, that's the thing, too, is I think all these businesses have changed so much. Like, I was uh, talking to Travis Fowler yesterday, actually, good friend of the show, and he just saw The Iron Claw. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I watched it, too. And we were kind of talking about the movie. No spoilers, so uh, I won't say anything. But he he mentioned something that I was like, wow, I didn't think about that, but this kind of happened to me, too. He's like, I got there, and the show started at, like, 3.30. He said they ran commercials and previews till 4.10, 40 minutes. And I'm like, wow. holy crap. That's a long time. And I was telling him, I was like, what's funny is me and my dad went to go see it on Christmas night, actually. And um, the show, the movie started at 7.10. We got there right at 7.10, but my dad wanted a popcorn. I'm like, ah, oh, it's all right. No problem. We should be all right. Okay. With the, um, you know, with the line and everything. So he gets his popcorn and drink, and we get into the theater at 7.20. Ten minutes late. But I'm like, eh, it should be starting about now. We set through another 20 minutes of previews. And I'm, so I'm like, curious, was was the movie theater, like, was the movie theater packed? Not not the one you were seeing, but just in general, the, uh, the rest of the movie theater, was there a lot of people there? There was a decent amount of people, but I wouldn't say it was packed. I mean, it was... You know, probably more than normal, but not hugely packed. The actual theater I was in, there was maybe eight people besides us. Like, not not big at all. But what, what got me is, like, they showed so many previews. Now, here's an interesting thing. And this was where this could track with this magazine. When I was in high school, I wouldn't dare miss the previews. That was my favorite part. Because that was where... If you're watching the new Spider-Man movie, you might see the new trailer for the new X-Men. You might see the new trailer yep. for the Hulk or, you know, even Batman or something else you're interested in or upcoming stuff. You're like, wow, that looks awesome. I want to see that. Now we see trailers debuting on YouTube. It's not really important to see the trailer, right? So like yep. that whole business model has kind of changed. And I think it's changed with like magazines and everything else too, because like this, I think a wizard toy fair or toy fair magazine would be awesome to have right now. Same with Nintendo Power, but it doesn't really make sense to make them anymore. And, you know, like with movie theaters, another point I was going to make, you know, if we didn't go see it, the Iron Claw didn't do well financially. Most people know that. So it probably won't stay in the theater long, but it'll probably be available on a streaming service in like February. So right. it's not like if you don't see it right now, it's probably not that big a deal. Yeah, you know, and you actually just brought up a memory. I know we're talking about magazines, but just trying to remember, like, when was the last time you were actually in a, like, jam-packed theater? Like, standing in line for 20, 30 minutes to get in to see your movie, and 
than elbow to elbow with somebody. Not that I miss those days, but it's still kind of a nostalgic, you know, thing that just doesn't happen anymore because, like, again, I don't think a lot of people are going to the theater, you know, as much as they did. No, that's a good point. I think the last time I went to a movie and there was a lot of people was, like, Avengers Endgame. Yep. And that was, like, what, 2019? So right before, mm-hmm. right before COVID. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I remember going and, – and a lot of this, I think, has changed with our age. I remember going to a midnight showing of Batman Begins when I was, like, 19. Yep. Because, like, that's what we did. We didn't get out of there until, like, almost 3 a.m. But that, to me, was awesome <laughs> as a kid. Now I'm like, oh, there's no way, you know. Um, there's no way I could sit through a movie that late, even though I work night shift half the time. But it just – it's hard to sit in a movie that long. But – it's one of those things where, you know, that whole, like I said, that business has changed a lot because of streaming. And I think now people have kind of gotten used to, like, before to go, like, to rent a movie, like Blockbuster, like, their whole deal was, like, guaranteed new releases. But not every video store had that. Like, my local video store might have four copies. So if it's, like, a popular movie unlike Ready to Rumble, which they had plenty of, but <laughs> if it's like a popular movie, good chance you're not going to get it for a few weeks. We uh, just rented the new Hunger Games mm-hmm. and uh, did it through Amazon Prime. Right. So we've been wanting to see that in theater for like a couple of weeks or months probably actually, uh, at least a month, but uh, just couldn't find couldn't find a babysitter, that type of thing, or, or the baby... It's Christmas, or it was Christmas season, so, you know, the people that, you know, we have all these other things we have to, like, use up our babysitters for, and usually by babysitters, I mean, like, family friends, so mm-hmm. we don't ask, you know, family friends to watch our kids two or three times a week for free. Right. So it's kind of like, eh, we've already kind of maxed out all of our babysitters, so we're like, well, let's just rent it. You know, it's 20 bucks, which seems like, you know, that's a lot, but it's still cheaper than the theater by, you know, by a vast amount. And we were going to spend that money to go to the theater to watch it anyway. So one night we were just like, oh, let's just rent it on Amazon Prime, 20 bucks. We're not paying $20, $30 for popcorn. And, you know, it was enjoyable. It was fine. You know, it was a good movie. And also the, the best part, I fell asleep for the last hour of it. So the next day I just watched the last hour of it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> something I wouldn't be able to do in a movie theater. So Right. The $20 nap, as I've talked about. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, but that's, that's the whole thing is, like, I have, like, a 75-inch TV now. Yeah. Right? And and I think also, too, things like DVR and streaming have changed our perspectives of pausing television, watching things as we please. Like, kids today, like, your kids, my niece and nephew, they will probably never understand the concept of having to be home a certain time to watch a show. Because that's no. never, that's never something that they are ever going to get. I, I I made I was explaining to my niece rewinding a VHS tape the other day. She didn't understand what I was talking about, and I'm like, no, like when you watched it, it all went to one side, so you had to rewind it back. She was like, huh? <laughs> well, that's what we did, you know. Different. Time. Yeah, and you, I mean, you brought up a good point. I mean, back in the day, most of us grew up on probably like 26 inch TVs, right? So, you know, now all of us have, you know, 50-inch plus, Mm -hmm. and they're high definition and all those things. So it's not not as big a deal to go to the movie theater. So, you know, just, uh, yeah, part of of life. But isn't that crazy to think of? Like, because I used to think a 26-inch TV, we would get a new one or something. Like, man, this is massive. This is huge. Sure. 
and yet we were still having to stand like three feet away from it if we wanted to see something, right? You know, you know up close or whatever it may be. Oh, like yeah. basketball games, you know, basketball games in the '90s when we were watching that on TV. You know, each person was like an inch tall, you know, on the TV because it's you know they're getting the, the whole uh, the whole spread of the court or baseball, whatever it may be. So anytime we were watching basketball, we were all two feet away from the screen just so we could see as much as possible. But uh, not really a problem anymore. No, it's not. Well, and, and kind of going back to magazines, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, magazines, if you think about when, where they're most prominently used, to me it was always like a doctor's office. Always had magazines, right? Always on the table. And if it was like a orthodontist or a place like that, because I had braces as a kid, they always had video game magazines. They always had um, probably, I don't know if they had Wizard and Toy Fair, but they had stuff that like kids would be into, you know. And an adult doctor's office probably has more like, you know, Us Weekly and People and magazines like that. But there's always magazines. Better Homes and Garden. (laughs) Third mention. Yeah. (laughs) You keep saying that. Someone's going to ask us to cover it. Don't get any ideas, Hoker. We're not covering Better Homes and Garden. (laughs) But, uh, But no, but seriously, like magazines were huge. And if you went to a grocery store, that magazine section was just massive, a massive part of the, of any grocery store. And that was like, to me, a highlight to, if my mom's like, Hey, I'm gonna go get groceries. You want to go? Yes, I do. Because, Wrestling magazines, yes, comic books, all that stuff was available. And to your point with these, I don't think I paid as much attention to this stuff like Wizard and Toy Fair back then because I was so dead set on wrestling. I mean, I did I like Batman and Spider Man and all that stuff, sure, but it wasn't as big in my life as wrestling was. But now, like, I would be all over a magazine like this because it's legit. The, all the <laughs> the stuff I'm into and. But again, like there were so many different types of magazines. Like I said, video game magazines. Even um, in the mid two thousands, like if you subscribe to like PlayStation Magazine, they sent you a demo disc with every issue. Really? Oh yeah. Like, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, like that was such a crazy thing back in the day. Like that they would send you all these little demos of of like five or six games on there, and like a subscription was a little bit more expensive, but still not that expensive. And you're like, oh man. Uh, and even nowadays, I think if you subscribe, I don't know if they still do it, but a GameStop, if you so if you subscribe to their like year long customer plan, they'll give you like a subscription to Electronic Gaming Monthly. And I remember like I'd get those, I'm like oh okay, and I just kind of just toss them aside because I didn't really care. But again, it's kind of crazy that there's still actual magazines out there. But, but like you know, we've talked, you mentioned TV Guide before. My grand my grandfather had a TV Guide subscription the whole time he was alive. Always had mm-hmm. it and used it, but underlying stuff he wanted to watch. Always had a TV Guide because, again, back in those days, that's how you had to know what was on. Uh, yeah, bringing that up, I used to love all the freebies you would get. You know, some like once a year you would get some kind of freebie. Now, that's really cool with PlayStation. I didn't know about that. But, like, they, like I said, you get the extra bonus magazine or a little, maybe an extra poster. I think one time WWE Magazine sent me the first edition of the Undertaker uh, comic book when that came out. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Sports Illustrated for Kids. I remember getting a floppy disk that had something on it. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Like, it probably was like a floppy disk that had like five pictures of it, you know, printable posters or, you know, something like that. Who knows? But, uh, you know, back then, like five pictures would take up the entire data Mm -hmm. on a floppy disk. 
So I remember that. Uh, even toys, there was an Independence Day when they released their toys. There was a game that came with the action figures that was on a floppy disk. I remember that, actually. Uh, so I would love all that freebie stuff that you would get. Because, I don't know, it was like Christmas. You felt like you were getting something extra that you know you didn't know was coming. And Yeah, and I'm sure, well, as we saw their toy fair would do the same thing. Do you remember, and, and I, you just unlocked a memory for me, but when uh, when some of these magazines would hit the newsstands, sometimes they would be wrapped in plastic. Uh-huh. You couldn't thumb through them. That was like the worst day. Like if a WWE magazine or WWF magazine was wrapped in plastic, you're like, oh, man. And I, I remember a couple of times being at a grocery store and, like, no one was looking, so I just unwrapped the plastic and shoved it back in. You're a rebel. You're <laughs> yeah. probably sweating bullets, too. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, God, what am I doing? But, uh, yeah, but I had to see, you know. Well, because remember, like, back in the day, too, with the WWF magazine, there was always, like, every month there was a poster. They always, you know, reviewed, like, what had happened on the pay-per-view. So there's always, like, stuff mm-hmm. I wanted to see. And that's, like, how you saw p- pictures of the pay-per-view. You know, like, you might know the results, but you didn't know, like, what all went down. And so, like, going through the magazine was kind of like your way of seeing everything. Am I wrong? But didn't they used to, like, wrap Raw magazine in the plastic wrap because it was supposed to be, like, Maxim magazine or supposed to be, like, for 16-year-old and up and that kind of stuff? They did. uh, But they also would occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally they would wrap WWE magazine as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that. And again, that's another thing too with these magazines. A lot of them had like sister magazines. That's kind of the same with Toy Fair and Wizard, right? Where there's instead of like throwing toys in there and making it a massive book, they're like, "Hey, we're just going to make it make it its own, you know, its own like little thing." Uh, but no, I think it's cool. I mentioned this last week. I remember seeing a magazine. I don't remember what what was on the cover, but it was when they first started doing the WCW Toy Biz figures. And at the time, the WCW figures weren't the best. And so they they previewed them all in there. And I remember Sting came with the trench coat, and I thought that was just groundbreaking. Yeah. And, like, Goldberg had his title, and Hogan had, like, the removable shirt, and Macho Man and Scott Hall had removable vests. And, again, at that time, you really didn't see that too often. I was blown away. I was just like – I just sat there and stared at those pictures for – several minutes because I thought, oh, that's so cool. So, yeah, but again, that's kind of what, you know, it was like as a kid going to the newsstand, you know, and seeing, you know, all these cool magazines because that's kind of how you you learned about information, right? I remember um, so often, like, seeing, oh, man, they're making a new Street Fighter game. Oh, they're making a Mortal Kombat 3. Like, all that was found out through magazines. And um, I don't know. I, I get that you can't stop the internet, and obviously that's going to put a damper. Like, it's honestly kind of oppressive. These magazines went to like 2011, but yeah, it just uh, like I remember f- the first time I heard of Legends of Wrestling. Did you ever play that on PS2? Uh, no, but I definitely wanted to. Yeah, it was not very good, but um, but when it came out, it was big news, and because WCW had folded, there was no other wrestling game besides WWE. And so seeing that was like, oh, that's amazing. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't the best, but it, still it was it was really cool to see that, like, they were showing images. You're like, holy crap, that's Dynamite Kid. Holy crap, that's the LOD. You know, that's um, you know, that's Harley. Harley was in it. The, they had the entire Von Erich family, and they would kind of preview but not show you everything. But, again, it made it exciting for 
upcoming information on games and stuff. I remember just being excited of little one-page ads on toys. Like, the first time I ever saw Maximum Sweat was in a WWE magazine. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, reading my magazine. I turn the page, and all of a sudden, there's a big, sweaty, stone cold with, uh, I still remember, like, the orange background and all this stuff. And I was just, like, blown away. I was like, what is this? And uh, I was like, whoa, these are, you know, these are going to be awesome. And then everybody hated them. But... Yeah. Uh, Awesome figures, yeah. Still love them. We've covered them on here. I bring them. I bring it up at least every five episodes. So uh, anyway, that's my quota for the next five episodes. I'm looking on eBay here about with all the different Toy Fair magazines. It's actually kind of cool. They have uh, several available. Like this guy's got a lot uh, issues number 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, and 72. They all came out in 2003. And it's uh, $17 plus $7 shipping, so that's not horrible. Um, here's an issue, uh, number 106 from June 2006 for seven fifty, or best offer with $4.50 shipping. And the front page is all the uh, Toy Biz Marvel Legends. I don't know, man. I kind of may want to get some of these. They're very nostalgic to me now that I see them. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, so this is kind of cool. It just happened to, I, oh, it's one of those section on eBay, but they have a couple of pictures of Toy Fair. So this might be something that was, you know, cool about Toy Fair. I don't know. Don't know a lot about it. But there is an order form for an exclusive action figure. And uh, this one is for The Rock. Yeah. And it looks like, it almost looks like a Maximum Sweat, but it might have just been a normal BCA. But uh, apparently through Toy Fair magazine, you could have got this extremely rare Rock figure. And it says only 10,000 created. Yes. So that doesn't seem so rare. But, uh, <laughs> well... They did. Nevertheless. There were Toy Fair exclusives. Actually, now that you say that, I know Jax had several through like the uh, th uh, from BCA all the way through like classic superstars, and that was kind of what irritated a lot of people with Jax at the time and Jeremy Padauer, which he's kind of doing again with uh, AEW, where he did a, like he even did like you know one in five exclusives, one in ten exclusives, where it was like super hard to get, and some were through Toy Fair. You know, others were through, uh, like, employee editions. Like, here's an issue of Toy Fair. Uh, it's the number, it's a issue number 86. It's from 2004, and it shows the Marvel Legends Avengers, but the cover looks like a comic book. Okay. It's, it's amazing. And what's funny is, you know, the comic books always had the price tag. And back in the day, they would be, like, 12 cents, 14 cents. One well, here it says four hundred and ninety nine cents, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> so it's probably five bucks to buy these. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. It just seeing these is really cool, and um, all the way up through two thousand nine. I mean, there's a lot of cool ones. I think I think like this Nintendo Power WWF magazine. I bought a few old WWF magazines, and I'll be honest, man, it's kind of a fun thing to collect because you know it's not obviously for everybody. But I feel like magazines in, mark my words, I'm going to say it here, in the next few years, people are going to become extremely nostalgic for magazines because we don't have them anymore, right? And it kind of makes me wonder, do you think um, a nostalgic magazine could come back around? Like, not not a digital magazine because that's not the same, but like, right. would people be into this? Now, you can't, you know use it as like, hey, this is where the late breaking news is, but just like, hey, we're going to do a magazine about toys, and we're going to show old toys and write articles. Do you think people could be into something like that? 
Definitely. You know, I think the content is going to determine whether or not it's successful. Because I'm just trying to think of, you know, records, nostalgic records, they're successful because, you know, of the content. You're still listening to music and you're listening to it through the form of a record. Or even VHS tapes are slowly making a comeback, I feel like. Um, they'll never, like, it'll never be the main source of how people watch movies. But there's a market for it, kind of a niche. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think if you can kind of figure out exactly what to put in the magazine and have it be, you know, nostalgic in that way, yeah, I think it could definitely work. Well, and, you know, Funko's doing those blockbuster rewind figures, and I think I'm nostalgic for those more for the box cover than the figure, you know. like. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are, and I've seen, you know, them show up at Target and stuff. They're not super easy to come by, but... It's something about that. You're like, oh, wow, the old Batman movie box. Like, that's cool. And, yeah, there's a crappy little Batman figure in there, too. Not super special, but it's like, well, that's kind of fun, you know. And I think I think there's something cool about that. Like, I think if they did a Royal Rumble 91 box, because that's – I think you got that artwork, didn't you, for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, which that's still one of my favorite pieces of art. I think it's awesome. But if they if they did that – and they put a Hogan or a Macho Man or a Warrior. Well, they can't do Macho Man. They don't have the rights. But Warrior they do. And so do they They also do with Hogan. A, you know, a figure in that gear, I would buy that 100%. You know, because that's that's a really cool piece. So there's something about that nostalgia of, of what it is. It's just trying to find finding the right way to get people into it. Um, actually, I'm going to throw another little curveball at you. I don't know if you remember this or not. Travis has brought this up. A couple of times on a TV toy cast as something he wanted to cover, which I'm hoping we could get to do sometime. I think they were called Superstars Uncovered, and it was a line of Jack's figures, and the package looked like a magazine cover. Huh. And they dressed the figure to look like the magazine cover. Yeah, I don't remember those at all. So Is that, the, you said that was from Jack's? Yeah, these were probably 2002-ish, I would say. Okay. And so, like, there was an issue of, of WWF Magazine where Kurt Angle's wearing... He's got a singlet, but it's pulled down to, like, the, the shorts like he would do when he got mad. And he had, like, a Uncle Sam... Yeah, I do remember these. And I then, Googled them. Yes, I remember these. And then he had the top hat on. I remember I had that figure because I thought it was hilarious that he had the vest and the top hat. <laughs> and... Made really no sense other than it was a cool collectible. And I feel like something like that would work huge nowadays, you know, if they did it like, if they did it again. But because net magazines are nostalgic now, right? So it's totally a different thing. So what if you did a magazine, whether, let's just say Toy Fair, let's say Toy Fair relaunches an actual magazine. And every month, so let's say February. But it's it's called like let's say February nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. And everything in that magazine you cover as if it was brand new news, but it's all the things that was going on in February of nineteen eighty eight. And then the following month would be March nineteen eighty eight. And you cover kind of rehash all those things that was going on at that point in time. And then maybe within that you could do like some exclusive figures, you know, order forms, actually make people like send in a mail away, like I think that would be really fun. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, ideas like that could possibly work. I think it's a great idea. You know, I think we're at a point now where people are nostalgic for that stuff. Like, like you said, there's no reason for someone to buy a VHS tape, but we are reminded, I think sometimes of simpler times and 
like getting a tape was a simpler time. You know, getting a magazine subscription was a simpler time. Like I remember one year for Christmas, um, like in my stocking, I think I can't remember how they did it. If they put a little card in there or something, but it was like a one year subscription to WWF magazine as part of my Christmas gift. And I'm like, that's such a good gift. And I think you've talked about getting that for your birthday too, right? Or something mm-hmm. like that. That's such a good gift. Cause you're going to get that 12 times in a year. Like such a cool idea. And, and well, so, not yeah, to I mention, think, I think just, just the excitement, you know, back in the day of just getting something in the mail, yeah, like a magazine, like every, like every day you got, or every that, that once a month when you got your WWE magazine, or your SI for kids or your wizard toy fair magazine. I mean, it was like Christmas, you know, once a month. Oh yeah. And, you know, you immediately ran to the couch or ran to your bedroom and, you know, flipped through every single page and, you know, it occupied your mind for about 30 minutes. I walked but, home. Uh, from yeah, it was huge. I walked home from school and like fifth, sixth grade all the way till high school because, you know, high school is across town, but all the way through ninth grade, I walked home and I remember um, like when it was like the beginning of the month could not wait to get to the mailbox because the new magazine could possibly be there. Yeah. And I, I, I'll never forget. There was this, <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. There was a kid on our neighborhood. He was a little bit younger than me, but he's a big troublemaker. And he used to pick on my sister a little bit. And so I, I don't condone this whatsoever, but he was a jerk. He deserved it. Um, he used to just pick on her and kind of be just a little turd. And, and so I was inside probably watching TV or playing games and she comes and gets me. She's like, Cody won't leave us alone. He keeps bothering us and he's doing stuff. And I'm like, okay. So I tell him to stop and he kind of bows up to me and he's a little bitty guy, like two years younger, but he was real small. And I'm like, what are you doing? Come on. And he pushed me. And so I grabbed him and I put him in the trash can. And (laughs) (laughs) like I said, I don't condone this, but, uh, he did deserve it. And, uh, I ended up locking the lid on him for a few minutes and, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, the reason I tell that story is ever since I did that, he was always kind of being just, just a jerk and he'd go by his bike and flip you off or stuff like that. Well, I, I remember my magazine always came like the first week of the month and he, you know, a couple times would kind of like get by the mailbox and mess with the mailbox, which obviously that's like a felony. You can't do that, but he was a kid and didn't know. And my magazine didn't come. And I was, I was positive. I'm like, that freaking Cody stole my magazine. I know it. I know he stole it. Like, I was so dead set that he took it. And um, finally, it came like the next Monday. And I was like, whew. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was like, I know he stole it. I know he stole it. My dad's like, it's not a big deal. Okay, we can get a new one. Like, they'll come out to the, the grocery stores and stuff. But I'm like, that he can't steal my magazine. I was so sure he stole it. But, you know, it eventually did come. Yeah, that was the other side of it, too, was, like, when your magazine, you're right, like, it was the first five days of the month, but when it got to, like, day six, seven, or eight, and you still hadn't got it yet, like, you know, the nervousness, the anxiousness, and anxiety you felt as a kid yeah. was almost uh, unimaginable. Do you remember, I don't know if you ever dove into WCW Magazine much, but they actually had a deal in there where you could buy archived issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember, yeah, that being a thing. I remember ordering, like, an issue from 96 because it had the Road Warriors on the cover. Nice. And I was just like, this is awesome. And it really wasn't that good, but just having an old magazine. Even back then, old magazines were nostalgic. So 
Yeah, I think your idea is there's definitely something to that. What like we call it like '80s toy fair or something, and kind of mm-hmm. give it the vintage look. I think I think it would be a hit, especially if you kind of marketed it like online purchases only. But it was a print magazine. Like there wasn't like a newsstand magazine. The only way to get it is online. I think you could be onto something. I think that would be a a huge thing. But um, actually, here's another funny story. When WCW folded, I was still owed two magazines because the company ended. And um, I was like, well, I mean, I got 10. I wasn't, like, really that worried about it, you know? Yeah. But, like, I had a subscription to WWF magazine as well. Well, randomly, like four months later, I got two random issues of WWF magazine in the mail that I'd already had. I'm like, that's weird. And I I think it was them, like, making it right because I missed two issues of WCW magazine. But yeah, I, don't know. Cool. I I just was like, I was not a big deal. I was like, ah, no worries. But, yeah, I ended up getting uh, two random issues of WWF magazine several months after, the, after they came out. Very nice. Yeah, so... But yeah, man, uh, to kind of put a bow on Toy Fair or Wizard Magazine, I would like to see something like this return. I think, to me, like, so this is another thing, too. Like, I I like going into stores. I like going to bookstores. I like going to vintage toy stores. I like going into video game stores um, and places like that. I always have. I love going to video rental stores. Um and a lot of it is just kind of, it's cool to see all that stuff. And I think the more, like, bookstores are still around, but I don't know for how long. And the more we start to see magazines dissipate, I think we're going to start to see more and more of those kind of go away. And it kind of sucks. I think you're right. But, you know, I think you're also right, too. The next five to ten years, we could kind of see a resurgence. And uh, magazines, who knows? Maybe even WWE will come out with magazines again. But uh, I don't know. I think there's a market for it. It's a niche market. So if you can figure out the business side of things and figure out how to make this, you know, a little niche profitable, then I think it has a future. I think it could. I think it would just have to be one of those things where you had to get some hype around it. But, you know, it's definitely possible. Um, but, yeah, we, we went the whole hour pretty much on Wizard Toy Fair. I didn't expect that, but... We kind of dove into all things uh, magazines, which is cool. And I, I'm I'm pretty much calling it now. I'm probably going to order some Toy Fair magazines. <laughs> Just yeah, I've been looking. There's some cool ones with WWE on them and stuff. There's really cool covers. And I kind of like Nintendo Power. Uh, I haven't been like, oh, I really want to collect those. But there's some that are just really, really cool. And, um, yeah, it's probably going to happen at some point. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, we'll... Uh, We'll go ahead and spin the wheel here for next week because um, we still got eight topics on the wheel. So let's see what happens. Oh, man, this might be our, our forte here. Uh, next week, we're diving into ice cream truck flavors. Okay. So um, the ice cream truck, man, that was... Uh, that was a fixture of the 90s. I don't see them much anymore, but I think they're still around. You're right. I don't know when the last time I saw an ice cream truck was. Maybe it's more of like an inner city or bigger city, suburb type of a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, Although you live in a bigger city, don't you? Nah, not really. I, I'm like in a suburb of a bigger city. But I remember as a kid waiting on like a street corner with like a $1.25 for 
hours because I could hear it in the distance, but I didn't know where it was at. And, um, dude, with that ice cream truck, when he rolled up, that was the best day, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't have a lot of memories, but I do remember because I, I live in a super small town. It's not even a suburb, but, you know, there's about 2,000 people here. So, I don't know. There's probably like once a month in the summer the tr- ice cream truck might come through Concordia. But I do remember visiting a couple. So, yeah, those that was, uh, yeah, speaking of, you know, Christmas Day, like that that was uh, Christmas Day when the ice cream truck rolled around. Oh, yeah, for sure. What's funny, it was always like a really, like, sketchy looking dude driving it most of the time <laughs> but right. yeah i mean that's the only place to get some of those uh some of those ice creams so it was definitely fun and we'll probably branch and talk about uh, sweet tooth from twisted metal oh yeah have you watched that <laughs> show i haven't seen it yet no no i haven't samoa joe plays sweet tooth i guess but that's i know fun. that's funny all right well it is my week for a shout out so i'm going to shout out um a podcast that I enjoy, and that will be Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast. So, actually, Richard Yule, who's responsible for this week's topic, next week top next week's topic, and uh, one of last week's topics, uh, he's he's given us some good ones. He does Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast, and it's basically him and his buddy reviewing horror movies. I'm not a big horror movie watcher myself, but it's really fun hearing them talk about them because some of them are just so horrendously bad i've just never been a big fan of uh, gore and stuff like that so it's not really something i enjoy watching but it's really cool to uh hear them talk about it so richard's a good dude and uh hearing him talk about horror movies that are good or bad is always kind of fun kind of like this show like it's fun talking about stuff we remember fondly or stuff that kind of was not very good <laughs> but we all kind of like pogs but we all for some reason got into it and don't really know why Absolutely. So, yeah, um, Wizard Toy Fair Magazine. A lot of fun talking about that. Ice cream truck flavors will be coming up next week, which will be episode 49, which is crazy. Um, make sure to give us a follow on our social media at The Rumble Wheel on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, check out the special interview we did with Kevin Anton, who plays Harley Race in the Iron Claw, which is in theaters now as we record this. Uh, so check that out as well. Uh, check out my other podcast, the TV Toy Cast, with me and Jeff from Fully Posable every Thursday. And uh, check out Daniel's Facebook and uh, Twitter pages, Atomic Fandom, which he posts a lot of fun stuff there. Yeah, buy a t-shirt while you're there. Uh, absolutely. Check out his uh, his <laughs> fun uh, Atomic, t- Atomic Fandom t-shirt store. I think it's on Pro Wrestling Tees, correct? Absolutely, yes. I love the uh, Figolution shirt. That's still my favorite. Figolution, yes. Yeah, I got a picture. It's like... Uh... Uh, I think it's Randy Savage, like the silhouette of an LJ and Randy Savage, and then a Razor Ramon Hasbro silhouette, and then a six inch or eight inch, whatever it is, Jax, and then finally a yeah six inch Mattel. No, it's definitely cool. Um, I haven't looked at your page in a little bit, but yeah, you definitely got some fun, uh, some fun, some fun T-shirts for sure. Yeah, so check, All right. check that out. Uh, Thank you guys for checking out the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel, and we will see you next week with another weekly dose of nostalgia.